talking about chicken a la king. Mango and garbanzo tabbouleh. potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil. Zucchini ziti. Granola fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Ladies and gentlemen, you hear that voice, you know what it means. It's Green Eggs and Dan, BFF edition. Black friend forever. <laughs> My black friend forever, Jordan Carlos, is here. Uh, normally I say this is the show where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about <laughs> is what is in their fridge. But today, I don't care about what's in this man's fridge. Yeah. I just care about what's in his mind. We're doing a year in review. A year in review. This, is, got, the, this is the I, first Green Eggs and Dan year in review ever. Uh, Jordan is is lighting Palo Santo for some reason. Yeah, I don't know if this is uh, a spiritual voodoo thing. To <laughs> wow, why is it gonna be voodoo? Because I'm black. You piece of shit. You What's started it? out calling me the Iranian Bobby Lee. If that's not shots fired, <laughs> I said that with love. I love both of you. I I love Bobby Lee. I love you. We're doing a podcast. Uh, I you and know. I love you, and I also love voodoo. I think. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they have a lot of great points. They got a lot of great points in voodoo. So, Jordan. Yes. It's been quite a year in food. Uh, we, <laughs> we came out of a pandemic. We did. We came out of a pandemic. So going out to eat became all the rage. All the restaurants were packed in L.A. and New York. You couldn't get a reservation anywhere. Great. We've come a long way. <laughs> and uh, food trends are back mm-hmm. and and bigger than before. So I, I put together a list of uh, what I thought were good food trends, bad food trends, and food trends that I wish for. Um, <laughs> and I say we start going through it. I say we start with hate because I, I really, this list was very like, I thought you etched it with a knife on, uh, in wood because you, you mentioned two things twice. You know, it's been a it's been a real slow burn. My hate <laughs> for this for this thing. Uh, and fine, I'm down to start with hate. If you want to start with hate, I want to start. Of course, uh, I'll start with hate. We'll start with, we'll with hate. Start with and love? Why end start with, with love? love? Yeah, we'll end with love. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you end a question though. Why? Yeah. What did this? What did this animal ever do to you? You know, the thing is, I don't hate this animal. <laughs> show, me, show me on the doll where the Branzino touched you. There you go. There you well, go. that's the animal. The animal is Branzino. Branzino yeah. is on every fucking menu, and I've had enough of it. Okay. Branzino is. I, I'm going to call it out. Branzino's a boring ass fish. It's the emperor's Whoa. new clothes of fish. Everyone loves the name because it's got a zingy R, a zingy Z to it. It's like Branzino. It's a zingy R, zingy Z, good consonants. You sound yeah. fancy when sure. you say it. Yeah. And it's a fucking, it's fine. It's not that exciting. <laughs> it's like a flavorless whitefish that they're charging you 50 bucks wow. for for some strange reason. And I think it's all about, because people love saying the name Branzino. You say it. Your you, you your eyebrows go mm-hmm. up automatically. Mm-hmm. You smile, Branzino. Like you sound like you know what you're talking about. I right. fucking I'm over it, man. Well, I I don't know I don't know if you knew this, but Branzino was actually uh, their agent was at APA, but they switched to CAA. <laughs> they've, been get, they've been getting a lot more bookings. Things are going well, and I think yeah. they're kind of hating on them a little bit. Like I used to see them in auditions all the time in the waiting room, and they switched it up. <laughs> they went viral. And they were they worked on themselves during the pandemic. 
And all they their- did. <laughs> they hired a they hired a social media company. Yes, they did. They switched from doing Instagram stories to Instagram reels, and yeah. it really the algorithm hit. Yeah, the algorithm so hit ma- hard. So many bright colors, and they know when to do it. And and you know what? I can't hate on that. I feel yeah. like Branzino now. Um, I can't speak too ill about Branzino because I actually lived in an Italian. I live in an Italian neighborhood, and I think that you're actively trying to get me got. Um, so like. <laughs> I also hate spaghetti and meatballs, right, Whoa. Jordan? <laughs> Brazino is, I, I will say, um, I do think it's like something that traditionally Italians eat at Christmas for like the seven fishes. And I do, I, I do find it really odd, I guess, that it's popping up on, on menus. But then that's, you know, but then those are trends, right? Those are trends. So like, yeah. I mean, I remember for a while, like bluefish was hot, you know? And like oily, yeah. oily bluefish. Because, you know, here's something. It's cheap. It's cheap. Yeah. And there's probably tons of Branzino. So it's like, that's pretty cheap. It's oily. And it's, and, and it's kind of, I believe it's an oily fish. Isn't it an oily fish? I don't know that it's oily. It's super mild. It's super mild. I don't associate yeah. it with like, when I think oily fish, I think bluefish. Uh, mm-hmm. I think sardines. I think sure. mackerel. Um, Branzino to me is just kind of a white fish. It's like a, a mm. it's like a, it's not so flaky like a cod or a halibut, but it's like, I don't know. It's kind of like, I wouldn't be surprised if they were like, yeah, it was the poor man's fish. It's kind of, mm. to me, it's, it's like, it should be treated like how it's, it's kind of like how lobster is that it used to be the poor man's mm. food. And now it's like a rich man's food. I don't know if Branzino ever went through that, but it, I wouldn't be surprised. Does that bother you? Does elevated dining bother you? Like when, when dining gets ele- like, like lobster, right, used to be served to prisoners in Maine. And then they actually had a prison riot about it because it was being served too much. So they, <laughs> right. they rioted. So like mm. famously, so does elevating dining that pisses you off or like what, 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 what displeases you about that? Because I think there's like something behind that. No, I, I, well, maybe, oh, this is turning into a therapy session. <laughs> no, uh, I just, <laughs> no, I guess it's like, why are you mad, Dan? I, I don't know. I was, I was good. I'm, I'm trying to put a lens on, I'm trying to, to look at this from all angles to figure it out. But it's not even like the type of thing where it's like, I was following the band before all of you sellouts did before they sold out. I was listening a to Pearl bit. Jam when they were <laughs> in a garage right. with a banjo. No, I think that I, I was never obsessed with brands. You know, I just kind of saw around me people getting sucked in by the siren song of Branzino. And I was like, what the fuck, guys? This doesn't taste that great. I'll take a farm raised salmon over a Branzino. I'll take right. I'll take most basic ass fish over a Branzino. Um, although mm-hmm. it's funny now that I say that, you know what I've been saying lately a lot and you know, it is a, it is it is December 31st that we're recording this. New Year's is coming up. It's, it is. I have another very unpopular opinion um, that I've been spreading around, which is that when it comes to caviar, I prefer a salmon egg, an ikura, a basic bitch salmon egg over any of the super duper expensive sturgeon sturgeon. little black caviars. I I like them. I don't get the markup, but I I like, I, I think objectively if they were the same price, I'd still like the salmon, the big briny salmon egg exploding in my fucking mouth. <laughs> Boom. Happy fucking New Year. Let's go. Do you have any followers in the Bosphorus Sea? Because I think you've lost them. Okay? Because <laughs> I think you've lost the Turkish people 
complete, you know, and that's, know. <laughs> that's really sad to me. This is Istanbul shit. I think that's probably yeah. what they're going to say. Um, <laughs> I feel like you, you know what, what I love about you, Dan, is you are sometimes an object lesson in the paradox of choice. You, mm. you want, <laughs> you love what you love. But you want everyone to love what you love, although you're like, you're free to love other things, but you also want people to hate what you hate. Well, yeah, because I'm right about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to lead my flock here. Okay. So and you want, you I, want consensus on this. You want like total consensus. I just want everyone to look inward and, <laughs> and, and think like, what have I been doing? Also, if you really love Branzino, you can go and buy it for probably one-tenth of the price at the supermarket and cook it yourself. It's so easy. Put the oven at 350, oh 400. Stuff some fucking herbs in there, some dill, slice some lemon, some garlic, throw it in there, throw it in your oven for fucking 20 minutes and... <laughs> you're going to have the same exact thing that you're paying 60 bucks for. And they'll be like, Branzino for two. As if it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a, like it's a, like it's a Cote de Boeuf. Like it's a huge steak. Branzino for two. Yeah. It's a fucking Branzino. Leave me alone with your for two. Pop off King. Pop off. Let me, ask, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Has this, yeah. cause it just feels like, you're so hot under the collar. I love this. I love just, just, this. This show should only about be about foods you hate. So like, why? Okay. Why? Was it a date? Were you on a date? It must've been a date. Everything's personal. So you must've been on a date or having, and by the way, when you go to a restaurant and you order something like that, and it's like, that's your one thing. Cause you're, I, I feel like you you don't often send shit back to the kitchen. I know you send shit back. Like if it's undercooked or something like that, but you don't like you, you die with your choices. Speaking of undercooked. Thank you. I'm so glad you said that. My book yep. undercooked comes out <laughs> March 21st. <laughs> Listen, I, I am just trying to, I'm trying to be the drone, the drone uh, camera above the whole fray. Oh seeing God. what's going on. There's a lot of things that I love in what's going on, but we'll get to that soon. Let's go back down to hate. Keep going on hate. I think I'm ready to put... Actually, this one I have a tough time saying that I hate it because I do love it, but I... A lot of these things that I hate, I love, but I hate the hype around it. And Ooh. we go to... We're, we're, and we're going to Barada. We're going to Barada. Why we're taking a you... trip down Barada Lane. Um, First of all, I love, Bar I love Barada. Barada, you are beloved. <laughs> what? This, what you're saying like Barada has your family hostage. I'm telling you, I'm in an Italian neighborhood, and you're you're like, <laughs> first of all, I well, hate hold on, Parmesan. Well, there's, a, there, there, <laughs> there's a flip side to this, okay? Because what I love and what I think needs to have a resurrection is basic ass mozzarella, where it all started, man. Basic mozzarella is like. The blue collar burrata. Uh -huh. And I think it's just been overlooked and everyone just wants to have their, you know, oh, I need my creamy mozzarella. I don't want to, my teeth, I don't want to put my teeth to work on chewing on the mozzarella. I want it to melt in. And, and by the way, just to give a very, very brief education of the difference between mozzarella and burrata. Mozzarella <laughs> is Basically, they take this cheese, they fucking separate it into the liquid and the whey. Uh -huh, right. They take the whey, they reconstitute it basically at different temperatures. And there's 
three different textures you can get. One is mozzarella, which is like mozzarella. Mm-hmm. Two is the outside casing of burrata, which is hmm. harder than mozzarella. And three is the inside of burrata, which is stracciatelle, which is softer right. and stringier mozzarella. And they take the stracciatelle, they mix it with cream, and then they put it into this casing, the outside, the harder mm-hmm. mozzarella, and that's how you have burrata, okay? So it's great. It's delicious. But it's like, it's, it's a very decadent thing. I think it should be a very occasional thing. And people are just like slanging burrata left and right. But I recently, recently I, I was brought to tears, Jordan. Okay. Jordan, I was actually brought to tears by a dish. I've seen and you it cry. Was, and it's, it's not pretty. So what, what was <laughs> I, I was ugly crying at this restaurant. Okay. Um, it was at the New Teresi, which is uh, you know, a major shit. food group. Okay. Major food group. They do Carbone. They do the yes, grill. Of course. They are reopening Teresi, which they had, op- which is, which was the restaurant that started it all mm. uh, about 15 years ago mm-hmm. in uh, the Lower East Side. I went, to, I was invited. I was lucky enough to go to the friends and family. Thanks to Will Nazar, who, uh, remember, you know, Will. I remember Will. Uh, Ill Will. Yes, absolutely. Will's like running the show at Major Food Group. Will I is mean- literally the CFO of the biggest restaurant group. We knew him when he was just like a, you know, like an assistant wine guy. And now he's like running the show. I'm actually going to have him on the podcast to talk about Fantastic. restaurant, restaurant touring. But anyway, well, go, he invited me. Yeah. Shout out to Will. One of the best things it brought me to tears is that they're doing a house made mozzarella. So you order the mozzarella and to order, they will make mozzarella like with the boiling, they have the, the hot water and there's a guy who's literally taking the cheese out, forming it into a ball of mozzarella. They bring it to your table. They cut it in quarters at table side with scissors, mm. and it is warm. I've never had warm, yes, fresh yes. mozzarella before. It brought me to tears, dude. And it was probably the cheapest thing on the menu. But I'm telling you, mozzarella needs to have a moment. And fresh mozzarella. If restaurants started making fresh mozzarella mm-hmm. to order a la minute, holy cow, dude. I think it, I think, oh, get is, your ass to Teresi, try that. Is it kind of like when I was a kid and in Texas, we go to El Chico Medallion, the finest of the El Chico restaurants, and mm. they would make the guacamole in front of us with a mortar and pestle. Is oh, that yeah. what you're talking about? A hundred million percent. That's what I'm talking about, Jordan. <laughs> There's a reason it's the medallion. That's what I'm talking about. They yes. need to start doing table side. Look. Tableside guacamole changed the game. <laughs> I cannot you know, deal with you right now. Tableside guacamole. <laughs> I, you know, and by the way, there's an argument to be made that tableside guacamole is way too expensive. It, the same argument I just made for Branzino, you could make it for tableside guacamole and you'd win this argument. But, but I, 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 for some reason, viscerally, I will pay whatever they ask for a tableside guacamole. I know. I know. I like the pomp. I like the circumstance. I like it all. I like the the theater. pageantry, mm-hmm. the theater. Do Whoa, you, would you like this? Yeah. Do you not want this? Do you want this? Hey, you know what, man? Put it all in. Throw it all in. <laughs> Throw it all into the mocajete. I Let's know. go. Let's I'm, start the party. <laughs> I'm like, what fucking volcano did you dig this out of? <laughs> it's like. The pumice stone. <laughs> when everybody's looking at you in the restaurant, I'm like, I think I'll have one of those as well. It's like yeah. when they make beef tartare at your table. It's like, it's a bit of theater. It's, it's, 
People love it. And I, I, I see that. Also, I really think, Dan, that you need to stop calling it mozzarella. Mozzarella, excuse me. It's called mutts. Uh, at least in my end of Brooklyn, it's called mutts. Uh, you know, my brother what? calls it mutts. He calls it fresh mutts. And I fucking hate it when he does that. What's wrong with that? Ugh. Fresh mutts. Uh, oh, you're, uh, not, you're, th- not in, you're not in Puglia. All right. It's are the, are, are, are the three extra syllables so hard to say? Are you saying mozzarella so much that you need a shorthand for it? Let me get some mutts. Get some fresh mutts. Hey, let me get some mutts. Well, you, actually, you just transitioned to another one of the food trends that Please. I'm really liking, which you you brought up the uh, beef uh, the beef tartare, tartare. the uh, yeah the the table side tartare. I'm seeing beef tartare on menus everywhere, and I love it. I think it's a great thing. Mm-hmm. I love a traditional beef tartare. I love it. You got the egg yolk. You've got the mayonnaise. You've got the capers, mm. uh, the shallots. I'm probably, uh, the, I'm missing some stuff. But, you know, I love a traditional beef tartare. People are taking beef tartare and they're going to places with it. And I love it. I think the first person who did it, who started the trend, full disclosure, I'm an investor in his restaurant, Estela Ignacio Matos. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he started making a beef tartare years ago. That had fish sauce and it had fried suncho crisps. Ooh, and child. It was so interesting. I, I think everyone saw that and was like, oh, we're allowed to play with beef tartare. Mm-hmm. And play, they are. A lot of fun beef tartars coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very into it. I'm very into playing with beef tartare. Beef tartare scares me in a way because I'm eating raw beef. That scares mm-hmm. me. And I don't know how, how I feel inside. Um, yeah. It feels like sex with no rubber. I, I feel like <laughs> I'm just raw dong salmonella poisoning and yeah. possibly we'll get botulism. But now I'm going to so- <laughs> sound like I'm going to sh- sound like the shady uncle who's like, you don't need condoms. All right. You need to get over that. <laughs> I need to get, over. Need to get over <laughs> I need to get over that. You're right. You need to get over. It. Well, I'll tell you what. You need to get over it because it's kind of a vestige of the 1950s of the USDA going nuts to get rid of salmonella which became a thing because of factory farming and mm-hmm. you know all these animals were like living in squalor and the squalor got onto the food and now you eat it that doesn't really happen as much anymore because mm-hmm. a factory farming has gotten better but b we're eating a lot less factory farm stuff right so if you're having like good quality shit bro i've had raw chicken at, at yakitori places out of here what are you doing Yaki- there's a place in manhattan in your city, called Yakitori Toto on the Upper West Side, <laughs> that serves chicken tartare and it's slices of raw chicken. And I was like, "Are you sure?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah." yeah. yeah. And you know, and you know, you're like, "Well, it's like it's one of those things that you're in a Japanese restaurant. And you're like, well, who am I to argue with culture?" Meanwhile, all the chefs were probably peeking over, like, "Is he actually going to eat it?" <laughs> so let me get this but, straight. Let me get this straight. Yeah, they slice the chicken. And yeah. just to really make sure that you get salmonella and you get, you know, sepsis and die, they then, yeah. they then put a raw egg in there and just stir that together. <laughs> yeah. They do, yeah, they do that. They take a raw egg and then they take a toilet bowl cleaner and just like mix right. it around a little bit. <laughs> right. So it's a, it's, um, a, it's a mother and child reunion. You've got the, you've got the yes. chicken and the egg. Okay, understood. Mm, Paul Simon yeah. would love that. It's called the Paul Simon. Yeah. If you, yes. if you ever go. <laughs> so yeah, I think we should be less squeamish about having raw foods in general. Uh, by the way, <laughs> I, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I apologize to the 
five to ten people who will actually die after listening to this podcast. I think we should be, yeah, we should just eat more I will, raw foods. I will donate to the GoFundMe for your life. When Here's what I want you to do. behind a wife and three kids because he listened to Green Eggs and Dan. Dan. Dan is also a hunter. Dan, what I want you to do is the next time you hunt an animal, will you stop shooting it, run it down, choke the life out of its throat, and then tear into its innards? Like, just like a lion on the Serengeti. Could you do that for me? I mean, me? I've had, I've had a venison tartare from a, from a deer that I felled, and uh, it's delicious. What it's in great. the Game of Thrones are you talking about? You, you, yes. felled, you felled the deer? I felled it. A heart? I felled it. A stag? It. I felled the stag, the mighty beast. <laughs> you dealt it its right. de- death blow? That's amazing. Beef Dude. tartare. Beef, Beef tartare. tartare. Okay, my God. Into it. Oh, okay. This is something I'm sure you'll have um, strong Please. opinions on. Please. I'm starting to see it. You know, it's like when all like the, when all like the, the I'm like, the, I, I hate to make this about race. What is happening right now? I hate to make this about race. You already, you already were like going in on white fish. So what well, the- now I'm going, it's funny. Now I'm going in on white influencers when all like the white okay. food influencers mm-hmm. who are like 16 years old are like i've been loving this thing that i just discovered that's been around for thousands of years <laughs> but i feel like berea tacos are having oh, a yeah. real moment the berea taco is having a moment and i'm happy for it I'm, i i i don't care if it's because of tiktok whatever whatever brings culture to the fore mm-hmm. i think the ends justify the means so the Bria taco, which is basically a taco that you're just like dipping in a consomme, which is basically mm-hmm. a very concentrated beef broth. Um, or, or, I mean, typically, the originally, I think Bria is supposed to be made with lamb. But yeah, it's um, like, is it goat or lamb or what is it? Yeah, goat or lamb. It's been, a, you know, Americans have beefified it because that's what we do here. And uh, it's, just, it's funny, a lot of Persian dishes too in Iran were with lamb. And here they're like, beef, give me the beef. <laughs> um, it's just an American thing. We beefify things, man. Yeah. Uh, but Berea tacos, man, so delicious. I'm so happy they're having a moment. You're seeing them in trucks. You're seeing them on menus. Uh, thoughts. Uh, I actually had great Berea tacos in Williamsburg. There was a truck that had amazing uh, oh, really? tacos. Yeah. I like, I like Berea tacos as well. Um, I do love that you call it a consomme, um, because the place where I get them, which is like a little Mexican restaurant around the corner from us was with actual Mexicans eating and both serving. Um, real live my, ones, real, real live Mexicans. <laughs> They're not they like were, Chuck E. Cheese no. animatronic Mexicans. <laughs> you know what I mean from elevated dining. It's like people want one thing but not another, and it's just like right. they were like they like I want my tacos but not all that on the side. So it's right. like <laughs> <laughs> so it, yeah, the burrito place. I, I just don't think they call it a consomme, but I do love that. I, you're so, I mean, you're such a smart guy. You obviously call it that. You're like, <laughs> the consomme. I was like, the dipping sauce? The, the, the beef bits? First of all, look it up. They call it consomme. <laughs> El consomme. Okay? That's what they call it. That's what it's called. Yes. That was not me being uppity and fancy. It sounds fancy <laughs> when you pronounce it in English. We're like, it's the consomme. But it's yeah. like, eh, dame la con el consomme. <laughs> Listen. Listen, put me in my place. I mean, I think it's really great. I do, of course, love when, when people experience foods of different cultures and things like that. I think mm. that's fantastic. The, the worst thing would be is if, like we're saying, like if a burrito taco went from like $4 a taco to like 
$12 to taco, you know, when you're just trying mm-hmm. to, you know, squeeze the most out of a trend rather than mm-hmm. just like, you know, say like, Hey, right. food's for everybody, you know? And right. th- them shits is good. I think they're the, some of the best fourth meal um, eats you can get. Um, yeah. I just like how like things get messy with them. You know, it's like a bad you know romance. What I, you know what I just thought of right now? Bria tacos are kind of kissing cousins with the French dip sandwich. Of course. And you dip it in a constant. I like the idea of dipping something in a, in a, in a broth. Right. It's, it's like a fun thing. I love any dipping thing because it's impossible to walk and <laughs> eat that. <dip. laughs> I tried, that's what I tried in Williamsburg. It just turned out awful. I was like drunk walking and trying to dip the taco in a consomme, getting all over my, my chin and sweater. What if you were being chased <laughs> with, like, <laughs> with the Berea taco? Yeah, that's actually, yeah, if, if you're looking to rob anyone, just see someone eating a burrito taco on the street. Like, they're just going to be frozen. They don't know what to do. <laughs> you could just pick, mug them without any violence. Oh. No, no, oh, struggle. Fuck, I just bought this. <laughs> Their arms are going to be up in the air. Uh, anyway, burrito taco, good, good on you. I'm glad you're having a yeah. moment. Next you. up on the love train. Uh, I'm loving that uni is everywhere. Oh, sea urchin. Yes. I like it because it's a gateway. It, to me, it's a gateway uh, food to mm-hmm. other like kind of funky, briny flavors. Yes. Um, I don't think we're ever going to get to the point where like things like natto, like fermented soybeans are going to be uh, every day. But, you know, <laughs> I think I like that kind of uh, squishy Japanese flavors, let's call them, mm-hmm. are becoming more popular. And yeah, I'm a big fan of the sea urchin having a moment I, I i love uni as well i i, I don't order it every time i go to a japanese restaurant but i do like to order it uh occasionally and i wonder do you like more people just knowing about this stuff and like less people like being like so like uni and like making a face you mm-hmm. know i look i think it's uh there's an expression that you probably know what it is so i'm gonna try to butcher it and then you fix it but rising tides raise every all boats all the boats yes. go up yeah a high tide it? raises all boats High tide raises all boats. I like mine yeah. better. <laughs> Rising tides <laughs> put the boats in the same level of tide. Yeah, and I think that the more people yeah. are aware of food and the more people become discerning of food. Look, man, you're not seeing like basic bee chicken breast on menus anymore. Mm. People are like, I want different. I want more yeah. weird stuff. I want more fun stuff. You know, and it used to be like a restaurant can get away with having a chicken breast, a salmon, and you know a piece of filet on their menu and it's like not anymore people want more interesting things they want chicken thighs they want mm. uh skirt steak they or like something braised they right. want weird fish they want small fried fish maybe like uh sardines or anchovies um, How, what's your favorite way to have uni serve then i think i like it just a uh, basic on um, like a nigiri mm-hmm. um yeah i like it i like it to end the sushi or I don't know if I like it to end a sushi meal. I usually like Ikura to end a sushi meal. Ooh. The fish eggs. Back to the fish eggs. But yeah, man, I'm also like, I like the fun, like, just put it over anything. Like, put it on your pizza. Put it on. <laughs> <laughs> just like, put it on like a burrito. I don't like, care. Like it's Frank's, Frank's Red Hot. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's fun. It tastes like you're just kissing the ocean. It, it even feels like a tongue. It's kind of fun. Mm. I'm into it. You love that. You love the ocean taste. I do love an ocean funk. Yeah, yeah. I do love an ocean funk. 
The one part of one ocean funk food I can't get down with though, raw clams. I can't do raw clams. Hmm. Why not? Yeah, it's it's just always a little much for me. I also I also the first non-kosher food I ever had in my life, like when I decided to not be kosher, mm-hmm. was a giant raw clam, which is the worst <laughs> thing that you can give someone who's like <laughs> you know, the first thing you should give someone is like fried shrimp, calamari, right. like ease them in. Dan Steingart and his family took me to a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown and they're like you want to try shellfish? Here's a slurpy, big, giant rock clam. <laughs> that would have me I running mean, back to being kosher so fast. I know. <laughs> I went right to the rabbi. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you were right. Um, you were right. Uni. Happy about uni. Beautiful. Um, charcuterie boards. Love oh charcuterie oh boards. Oh, my God. Love that everyone's getting into the game. Love that everyone's like, oh, oh, I get to... Choose three cheeses and three meats. I feel and they, like and they know the differences. Oh, uh-huh. I know what a sopraceta is now. Oh, I know what a finocchione is now. Oh, brasaula. Oh, I'm into it. I'm into a board. A board is fun. A board is festive. Everyone gets in on it. I, I hope that it, it, it only... Uh, someone's got to make a charcuterie truck. Serve me some boards out of a truck. <laughs> I'm into it. I, I, I have to say, I feel like I'm eating like a, a Vermeer still life when I, when I like eat a charcuterie board. It's like a, a renaissance still life that I'm eating from like yes. a fucking fat dauphin in France. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, I'll have a little bit of walnuts, but yet, super set, but yet, a bit of prosciutto, and then... Oh, and let me get a little bit of figgy jam with you. There's <laughs> always a fig, baby. Fig jam. No one cares. It gives a shit about fig jam until the charcuterie board gets made up and fig jam laces up. Fig jam fig puts jam. his helmet on. Fig it's your delicious. moment, fig jam. <laughs> fig jam is just like sitting there waiting. Like, fig jam. <laughs> We're calling your yeah. number. <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. And like... Strawberry jam, like, gives him a pat on the back. Hey, you put in your hours. You got this, buddy. I just feel like Mary Antoinette was eating a charcuterie board as they stormed <laughs> into Versailles. Like, she, they're like, it's like, what? I'm in my fig jam. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, it's the most. Oh, my God. It's the most it. indulgent dish you can get. But I will say it is fun because then you're like, with your friends, you're like, do you guys still get a board? You want to get a charcuterie board? <laughs> I <Okay>. know. <laughs> then yeah, I'm who's the, the asshole who's going to say no to a charcuterie board? board? And I'm the dumb pig that like eats half the board. And I have to like, you, s- yeah. You are, I always say that I'm you're awful. a bottomless pit. You are yeah. a, you're a garbage disposal. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse me, I'm not a garbage disposal. Okay, first of all, um, I am, I'm a loomy. I am a fucking, what are those little modern, you put food into it, it turns into, it turns into soil. That is me, okay? <laughs> I'm a compost. Right. I'm a composter. Yeah, you're, you're like the hip, you're the hip uh, countertop compost machine. Thank you. Machine. Thank you so much. Um, barbecue. Barbecue. Yes. You're a Texan. Yes. I imagine when you were growing up, Barbecue was a thing that you got the whole family together. 
Uh-huh. You'd go to the cool barbecue shop. You'd have the barbecue that the yep. person slaved over. It was an exciting thing. Now, I feel like the at-home barbecue mm, trace, like yeah. revolution, has made it so that it's everyone's got barbecue. Everyone's making barbecue. Everyone's got their little tricks. They got their wood that they like, and I'm here for it. I I love it. I love that barbecue still is spreading over the like world. Shit, it still tastes like shit. You're not making good barbecue. These people are trying to make good barbecue with their little fucking wow, their little Dexter gloves and their little, <laughs> you know, the little pork butts and things like that. And their little oh, look at my little oh yeah, my little wood pellets that I shove into the stove. No, first of all, you're wrong. You're you're way off. It's not it's not the cooking. It's the culture. You don't have it. You you mm. are not a, a pre diabetic middle aged black man sweating. <laughs> Like a fucking runaway slave. You do not have it. Right? Oh you don't have it. And unless yeah. you have that, the it's not the food ain't gonna bend to your will. All right? You don't have the magic. Okay. You don't have the black the right magic. Ju- now might be the <laughs> now might be the right time, wrong time to tell you that I'm a brand ambassador for Traeger Grills. Uh, Traeger Grills will give you that uh, as Jordan put it, runaway slave. Barbecue at home. <laughs> Listen. Oh boy, Andrew should've Andrew uh, Schultz should have should have cleared this with Jordan before. Andrew started. Schultz put it best. Andrew Schultz put it best. The more oppressed a group, the better the food. And I dare you. Like you can you can go to the barbecue places that are like elevated barbecue, like oh, Kim's yeah. and things like that, and that's fine. That's fine. But until you you know go to like Records Barbecue. In South Dallas, walk in and like, oh, that's the beat my heart skipped because you're worried about your, your safety. You're not going to get a good meal. OK, you're not going to get a good meal. That barbecue is a is a facsimile of what is going on using ingredients that are like not at all fresh. You know, what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> like canned, <laughs> canned ingredients, <laughs> questionable ingredients. Is what yeah. makes it happen. You need to have, you know, you can't be high on the hog and think you're going to get good barbecue. Right, right. That's the problem. It's like, we just chopped these peppers today. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. One of the things that makes me most proud of American food culture is barbecue. It feels like a very yes. singularly American thing. I know it came from other cultures, but what we did with it in America is a hundred percent an American creation, Lord and knows. it gives me the most probably some of the most pride of American food creations. I I I really love barbecue. I I also wonder if a lot of people call their food barbecue, but it's not barbecue. Korean barbecue mm. is not barbecue. It's Korean grilling, and I feel like they've appropriated barbecue. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> lateral cultural appropriation. But I, to me, barbecue is low and slow. And, yes, yes. you know, it's grilling is the other thing. There's grill and then there's barbecue. Barbecue to me is a, it takes time. It takes, it takes that, that, the, the sweaty person you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's more of a. Brother Jimison out there making quiet, it. Yes. It's a quiet art form. Mm-hmm. And grilling is like, and no one's, there, there's no table side barbecue. The way you make your own barbecue. Okay. <laughs> All right. What are you saying? Korean barbecue oh is, is grilling. And they're bro. calling it barbecue. Bro, what is, gonna, 
what is this riff? Why are you joining? I, I love Korea. <laughs> Not so much North, but I love Korea and I love all the foods. I actually <laughs> am obsessed with Korean barbecue, but I, I just don't think that it's barbecue. Okay, first of all, you can have parallel thinking, all right? Like, at the same time that people were like, at the same time that Genghis Khan was grilling on, on, uh, on his uh, on, on shields, right? On As his they, Mongolian barbecue. On Mongolian barbecue, which is what they did. They cooked on shields, right? Then, at the same time, in Hawaii, people were doing luau's with pigs and putting them in the ground and roasting, right? So... That can be also a slow roast is also yes. that's barbecue. Yes. Okay. So, so that's parallel thinking. That is, that is a possibility. So I'm thinking like Koreans the same way. And no, I'm not. Okay. Hold on. I think you're misunderstanding me and, and making me out. To I be. think you're making a value judgment and um, I'm saying the stop, stop the Asian hate right now. And <laughs> I just feel as though <laughs> I just think, Yes. In fact, I bet you if we found out what the word in Korean was for Korean barbecue, oh the word wouldn't mean God. what barbecue means, which bar- I, I just think there's a better word for it. Like, because the word barbecue, in my opinion, and I think in uh, Webster's opinion, is the low and slow thing. So I just think it's a different word. Anyway, whatever. I, I love this. Tomorrow. I love this. But you know what? There is much debate about the derivation of the word barbecue because there's, there's barbacoa. I right. know that, but it's like, there's also, it, it's, I've looked up the etymology of the word and it's, it's debatable. Like people don't oh, really? know exactly where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. But e- even so, whatever the etymology is, mm-hmm. I think it was, the word was made to represent low and slow. Barbacoa is low and slow. Barbacoa yeah. is take a fucking cow head and put it <laughs> underground. Barbacoa, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Let me ask you a ain't question. No one, ain't no tableside barbacoa. Ain't no make your own barbacoa. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been to Sonny Bryant's before in Dallas? <laughs> no, I have not. Sonny Bryant's has nameplates on seats because people go there so often that you get designated seats. Do you understand? It's like a ring of mm. honor, right? It's grimy. It's terrifying. And that's good eating. You see what I'm saying? Like, I can't, yeah. I don't want, uh, oh, restored, reclaimed beams in an old woodshed and a guy with a very thick, luxurious beard talking about what time he woke up this morning to feed the fucking stove all the way off. That's what makes it good. Oh. Oh so my I God. love barbecue. I love barbecue. But you know what I would love? I'd love for more people. I love more, I love more people being interested in barbecue. But I would love for them to hit up places that were the original rump shakers, so to speak. Okay? That's what I'm saying. I got you. Yeah. By the way, I just realized that we've transitioned from love to hate. And now we're going to go back to love. We did a lot of... No, we went from hate to love. We were supposed to end on love. Because this is sweet and sour. That is what it is. <laughs> Let's start getting to hate. It's okay. time for some... Haterade. Yes. By the way, we're an hour in and we're still. <laughs> this is going to be a long episode, guys, but I'm having fun. It seems Jordan's having we're fun. We're 45 minutes in. I checked the clock. We're 45 minutes okay, in. Great. I love you. We're but an hour I don't of mind. law and order. Yeah. I don't mind. This is, I, I live for this. And it's going to be a long episode. If you don't like it, uh, uh, go listen to Jerry O'Connell, who was wow. the guest, wow. the last guest. Wow. He had so amazing. much fun. I bet. He's hilarious. He's hilarious. Did you How's know how his, funny that guy is? He's so funny. How's like, his stingray? Oh, it's, he's, he's got the hot cars. He's got the hot muscles. <laughs> Let's get to hate. Hate. Hate in the plate. Hate on a the plate. A lot of these, 
a lot of these hate things I don't actually hate. I just hate the trendiness that's come about it. And let's go to the vodka sauce, the spicy vodka sauce. Okay. What's wrong with vodka sauce? Nothing. I love vodka sauce. Vodka Everybody sauce. First of all, the funny thing about vodka sauce is the vodka doesn't even matter. Um, <laughs> the vodka cooks out of it. There's literally right. no vodka. It's like literally not a non-existent part of the sauce. And we call it, you just use the vodka to deglaze the pan. Mm-hmm. You could yes. use water. You could use water. You could use anything. But they, yeah, they like say vodka makes it fancy. What makes vodka sauce is you're taking a tomato sauce and you're adding cream to it. And then mm. it becomes pink. That's where the pink comes from. I think Carbone started a spicy rigatoni revolution. And everyone now is talking about vodka sauce like they just like it just they just invented it. But it's from the 80s, bro. We grew up with vodka sauce. <laughs> it's like the tiki masala. Is that what you're it's, saying? It's the tiki masala. It's definitely it was it's a very uh, it, it's it wasn't it's it wasn't invented a long, long, long time ago. It's very recent. Right. That's what you're saying. Yeah. I guess I love, I, I don't, no, I don't know. I, I wonder how, where vodka sauce is in the canon of Italian cuisine. I'm assuming mm. it's Italian American. It seems I like an so. Italian American thing. Um, I can look it I up love vodka sauce. I love, I mean, who won't, it's like you add cream to anything. It's like a tomato sauce, but add cream. Yeah, I'm going to love it. I guess I just don't love like, every, it's pretty basic though. And everyone's talking about it. Like they're, they're reviewing the vodka sauces of these restaurants. Like, like they're, uh, like, like it's a, 15 course omakase like oh this was invented in the 1980s per wikipedia if you believe it Um, no way yeah you're so right dude look at you origins the exact origins of penne vodka are unclear the first use of vodka in uh in a pasta dish is attested to a 1974 in 1974 when an italian actor ugo tagnazi published the cookbook la buffoni you know that one that means hey la buffona you know the the buffu man um literally what it Says, named after Tungnazi's movie La Grande Buffe, which included his recipe of pasta al infuriate, furious pasta, described as a sort of pasta al arrabbiata, made with mm. one half a kilogram of penne, one half kilogram of fresh peeled tomatoes, and a shot of vodka, chili pepper, oil, garlic, and bay leaves. Oh, interesting. I wonder if they added the shot of vodka before serving and it actually was a boozy vodka, which I ain't mad at that. Why don't they make boozy vodkas? We have boozy chocolates. Why exactly. not boozy? Why, why are we not going? Pastas? Yeah. Why are we not going face first <laughs> into our pasta bowls by the end of the night? You know, <laughs> by the way, a trend, an interesting trend that I see happening that I hope catches on because it was mm-hmm. fucking awesome. There's a restaurant in L.A. called Pija Palace, which is like um, sort of Indian Italian fusion, if you can believe that. Ooh. And they're known for their pizzas. They do like you know, a sag paneer pizza. Like he takes Indian ingredients and puts them, gives them Italian. uh, Yeah, it's pretty fun. The pizzas are okay. I wasn't nuts about the pizza, but the guy made a fucking tandoori pasta, believe it or not. And -hmm. it was a perfectly executed pasta with tandoori spices and tandoori flavors. Bro, I was like, why the fuck isn't every culture doing this? It was so crazy delicious. And... Man, shout out to Pizza Palace. I hope you start a revolution of like, different. I want Kung Pao pasta. I want, fucking- <laughs> I want Kung Pao pasta too. And you know what? That brings it uh, back, right? Because Marco Polo goes to China, to India, brings these things back, all these spices, right? So why wouldn't there be a fusion? I mean, Italian food mm. in, it, in, is a fusion. It's a fusion of old and new world of East and West. 
right. the, the tomato is a new world uh, fruit, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, before mm-hmm. that, Italians are like tomato. Oh, forgot some wow. tomato. I'm not, I'm not doing the accent Jordan is this time. Hey, forget about it. Hey, tomato, tomato, right? They didn't know what it was. They needed, they needed to use it and, and feel it out and things like that. Grow. So it's like they needed both these different, they needed two whole other continents to create the food. So Italian is fusion in the first place. So I love you know, that. There's an, there is a very uh, probable theory that it was the Jews who brought the tomato to Italy. Oh, um, wow. Because there, there were Jews in Sicily, which at the time was, uh, was a Spanish territory. Mm-hmm. And so Spain had the tomatoes because they were going back and forth from the New World. And so they had the tomatoes in Sicily. But then the Inquisition started and all that, and they kicked all the Jews out. And uh, the Medicis, uh, to their credit, were like, come over here. Mm, um, right. So they brought the Jews in from Sicily. And uh, the Jews brought the tomatoes with them. Huh. Wow. Big brands over here. I love it. You know I love a good history nugget. You see, Kanye, the Jews aren't all that bad. Okay. As Jordan was saying before we started, he agrees with 98% of Kanye's But the 2% is that he brought tomatoes to, they brought tomatoes to Italian food. All right, you gotta no. balance it out, Kanye. Oh my god, balance it out. No, nah, I'm not. I'm not fucking with Kanye West. No, I did not. <laughs> there was no pre-beat to any of this. He's lying. Listen, uh, um, listen. Here's here's what it is, man. I love that. I wanna I wanna ask you a question though. You keep calling yeah. things revolutions, like they're call, mm. like they're cutting chefs' heads off in the kitchen and shit. Why do you? Say, <laughs> what is a culinary revolution to you? What is what constitutes a culinary revolution? Well, I, know, I just think I, yeah. that yeah. I think that they they maybe revolution is not the word. Maybe contagion is the word because they do <laughs> they. It's like wildfire; it spreads. Okay, you know okay. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you can get a molten chocolate lava cake in fucking chilies now. That was <laughs> that thing started by a mistake from Jean Georges at his restaurant. Really? He like undercooked the chocolate cake and brought it to the guest, and the guest he was like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." And the guest was like, "No." Leave this, <laughs> and it suddenly became the uh, you know, and now you can you can get them at fucking Costco. So, can we can we talk about one thing with restaurants? See, yeah. I've got a list too, Dan. Give it to me. What do you feel? No more paper menus. Oh, oh my God! I'm so glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. that's probably my most hated trend. <laughs> Of all. Oh I my love, God, Jordan. I, love I hate it so much. You know why? I, I, you know, and a lot of people think that this, is, this makes me annoying to eat with, but, you know, I'm sort of a, I have rules when I go to a restaurant. I prefer there's no phones on the table. I prefer uh, there's no phones in sight. We're going for escapism. We're going for escapism. I don't like when TVs are on in a restaurant showing me the fucking news. Like, I don't want to watch CNN while I'm here. For I don't want to know that they caught the murderer who killed the Idaho fucking teenagers. Iowa? Idaho? I don't need to know Idaho, that. Idaho, yes. I want to eat my food. So phones in general to me, I feel like, and, and by the way, fuck all my friends with kids who they have their phones out and they're like, ah, but I have to see little Charlie sleep <laughs> on, the, on the nest cap. No one's abducting your ugly kid. Wow. Put the fucking phone away. 
I hate having phones out of the table. And but now okay. some restaurants make it impossible mm-hmm. for you to not have your phone. You have to have your phone out and you have to look at your phone while you're at everyone's looking at their phones while they're at the restaurant and they're not doing it to be rude. They're doing it because this is the way to get the food. I absolutely abhor it. I really, really, really mm. hate it. Look, I get that there was a time during the pandemic where, where you know, there was different rules, man. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, I hope that doesn't, that doesn't catch doesn't on. Doesn't catch on. Yeah. It's, it's kind of one of those something's gained and something's lost. I, and I, I want to ask you about this as well. A lot of, um, after the pandemic, I noticed when people came back to restaurants, the waiters were gone. And now mm-hmm. it's like counter service. How do you feel about yeah. that? How do you feel about that? Again, I, there's a place here, it's called Kofax, and it's like, um, you know, great place. They make burritos and donuts, uh, breakfast burritos, donuts, <laughs> yeah. coffee. It's a cool place. But they still, like, barricade the front door with their, like, w- with, a, with their desk that has, like, like, you're not coming into this restaurant. Just order over here outside. <laughs> I'm like, dude, like, stop treating us like we're all, like, vermin, like. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like it. And it's funny. Okay, you know the comedian Lachlan Patterson? Yes. I don't know if you know him. Yes. He is hilarious. And I haven't seen him in like a decade. And last night I was at the comedy store and he was performing. And so I had mm-hmm. so much fun watching him. But he had a bit where he talked about when is 20% tip become the default thing on pla- on like food trucks, on places where like you're doing all the work. Like you're going up, you're ordering, you're busting your own table, you're bringing yeah. the food back and you have to give 20%. I think it's kind of, it's a little egregious. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I usually do a custom tip. I won't say the number, but it's like, I usually do a custom tip uh, based on the amount of work that the person had to do. I think 20% is a lot. Um, it does yeah. bring me to one other point, which um, I've found lately. I, I feel that there is just in the air and among the populace, in general, a certain amount of insecurity when I go eat with friends. And because lately people will be like, I think the waiter hates us. Oh, I think the waiter doesn't like us. And I want to be liked by the waiter. I'm like, the waiter should like you. <laughs> You're the one tipping them. Right. Thank you. Oh. They're the one in mime school. <laughs> Snaps. Not you, bro. I'm a hundred percent. And then there's the whole, they're going to spit in our food. No one's spitting Spitting in anyone's food. food. Who are you? Like they think if they, it's not even like complaint. It's not being rude. It's like, you have to voice your opinion. Let me, I'll give you a perfect example, Jordan. I was out to, and and shots fired. I'm going to name fucking names. I was out to dinner the other night (laughs) with, you know, these two people, my cousin, Julia Gabayan and my friend, Mark Priceman. Yay. <laughs> we were out at a restaurant called Oste. Okay. I love it already. <laughs> and actually, Mark breaks all my rules because he had a stupid phone on. He's like, oh, I have to see my fat child. I have to see my fat fucking baby. If it's still in the, if it's sleeping. Your fat baby can't, doesn't have the muscles to You're get out so of the crib. Cruel. Why be so cruel? I'm kidding. I love puppies. <laughs> so... But he's got his phone out. And yes. then, so, so the, Julia's like, let's get a, a mussels and fries for the table. Cool. I'm like, cool. That's kind of a fun order to start with. So mussels and fries. Uh, the waiter comes over, comes over. Julia's like, can we get the mussels and fries? And she's like, yeah. He's like, yes, of course. And then he says, and this brings me to one of my other hated trends. He goes, okay, do you want uh, regular fries or do you want truffle fries? Mm. And she, 
Oh my God. She, it was, uh, 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 I don't want to talk about my cousin <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> oh my God. But she was oh. like, oh, truffle fries. Yeah. Please. <laughs> truffle fries. <laughs> Always truffle. Who would say no to truffle fries? It's regular fries, but it's with truffles. <laughs> let me, let me school y'all. <laughs> truffle fries are a scam. And look, I'm not a truffle fry absolutist. Sometimes fun. But truffle fries aren't truffle fries. It has truffle oil on it. Oil, which yeah. truffle oil has zero truffle in it. It has perfume. It has literally, it's made in a, the same labs that they make perfumes. They isolate the smell of a truffle and they put it in oil. So you're perfuming your food. Again, I'm not hating on it. I still like the flavor sometimes. But she was like going so crazy. I was like, you know, it's perfume. And she's like, oh, shut up, Dan. You're so fucking annoying to go to restaurants. <laughs> and then Mark's like, yeah, fuck you. I'm going to look at my fat baby. And I'm well, like, guys, I'm saying I I'm fine with truffle oil, but now we're getting mussels and fries. We're going to take those truffle fries and put that perfume into the broth of the mussels. And the perfume is going to get into everything. And it's just a little much. I just think it's a little much. And then she goes, yeah, you know what? Maybe you're right. I didn't think about that. And so I go to the restroom. I come back and she goes, we changed it, by the way. We're getting regular fries. I take a bite of the fries. They are truffle fries. Not only are they truffle fries, they're like a fucking truffle bukkake happened on these fries. Okay. It is so dense with kind of, and it was just like, it was cloyingly artificially truffly. And I was like, dude, guys, this is, wait, this is truffle fries. And the guy was there uh -huh. and I was like, Sir, yeah, I think, um, yeah, they said they <laughs> ordered the regular fries. And the guy's like, I'm sorry, what? And, and Mark and Julia's heads are down. Like, they're not looking. And I'm like, oh, wait. Guys, wait, did you not order? <laughs> did you not, not tell me that you changed it to regular fries? And Julia is flustered. She's like, just, just forget it. It's fine. It's for, forget it. Forget it. Forget it. And the guy's like, wait, so do you want regular fries? And I'm like looking at Julia and Mark. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on right now. I guess just leave the fries. And he's like, okay. And then he walks away and I'm like, guys, what happened? They're like, it's just, it's just embarrassing. We don't, it's just embarrassing. I'm like, wait, did you change it to regular fries or not? They're like, yes, we did. He brought the wrong fries. And I was like, so why wouldn't you just tell him? Can we get the regular fries instead? And she was like, it's just, all, it's always a thing with you, Dan. It's always a whole thing. And I'm like, why is everyone scared of the server? The guy would have been fine with bringing the regular fries. And then, Mark goes, oh, I just didn't want to be wasteful. I'm like, oh, are you suddenly a fucking Jane where you care so much about being wasteful? A Janus? Is, is that you yes. What is happening? Anyway. Let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. I, and that's, yes. you're right. That is a perfect example of, I think that dining has been elevated so high. Our own insecurities come out. Like it's been, it's so like you would never act, act like this in an IHOP, you know, like, like, right. It's just so we're just, oh my God, we're so scared to say anything to the server. I'm like, the server can't afford the food. You can dummy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're the one in the driver's seat, but I think yeah. it's, I think it's of, it's of a piece, which is this. And this is me on my, on my soapbox. I was Cipriani, right? recently in in midtown and i go in and i notice all the guys all the all the servers are men and i'm with my wife and i was like you notice all the servers are men she's like of course because 
it's a it's a unionized restaurant. Mm. So of course, right? And they're so nice. The waiters are so nice. Now, when we think about the these places where, in your words, there's all these revolutions happening, you know, and the high-end elevated restaurants, you go in, same thing with a coffee shop, same thing with a bookstore, you get the mm-hmm. fucking cat energy. You get the mm-hmm. you get the like, you know, Silver Lake, Williamsburg. Bushwick cat energy yes, because they're not being paid. And what's actually happening is we're getting, they, they are exercising a certain amount of power that they mm-hmm. don't get because they don't have, I think any benefits from their job. So it's a generous of, read of the situation It's a generous read of the situation, which I like yeah. generous reads. I like, I like to, give people the benefit of the doubt. I don't hate that take. Yeah. I'm not um, saying, I'm not saying unionize, but I'm like, why are these people all so pissy? And why do they give me, why did like these waves of pissiness come off of them that then make me insecure? Or is it just my own insecurity and I'm reading into it too much? That's, I'm with that's you. The question. Look, I hear you. I also just know a lot of people who have way more pissier jobs and are way more pleasant. <laughs> Um, I don't know. And there's also just kind of a know-it-allness of it of like, and again, hipster service started when we were, you know, when we were coming up. So like in the two thousands and it was just like this thing of like, Oh, they know. And we don't know. And so you cannot complain. You cannot say Mm -hmm. anything like they're the ones in charge guys. Like that's not how, and it was almost cool to go to a place where they like rolled their eyes. But what's that like for you though? But what's that like for you though? Because you actually know so much about food. I mean, look, I've come out on the other side. It's funny. I had two moments this week, actually, <laughs> that were that, that you're, you're at an RB moments this week. <laughs> yes. Uh, one was I was getting I was getting yeah. burrata. I was getting burrata. Yeah. I wanted to get fresh mozzarella because I got so inspired by that Teresi meal. Uh-huh. And I looked in L.A. I was like, where can I get fresh mozzarella? And there's a place called the burrata house. And Uh-oh. I called and there's an Italian guy. And um, I was like. Yeah, do you guys have mozzarella? He goes, eh, no, uh, we have burrata, but the burrata is basically uh, the freshest mozzarella. It's mozzarella in the beginning stages. And I was like, oh, I don't know that that's true. Isn't burrata, <laughs> doesn't burrata have like cream added to it um, with stracciatelli? And he's like, no, I'm Italian. It doesn't have cream, okay? Uh, it's burrata is the freshest of the mozzarella, okay? I'm Italian. He kept saying I'm Italian. Motherfucker was wrong. <laughs> was fucking wrong. And I knew he was wrong. And his response was, I bet I'm Italian. Listen, fucking Luigi, you're wrong. I was, and I was like, you know, I was kind of pissed, but I'm like, oh, what am I going to get out of it? Whatever. It's not a big right. deal. I'll get my burrata. That was one thing. Another one, I went to a very, very kind of cool high-end cocktail bar in beverly hills okay and and i they had it they had their house martini which has like cucumber infused whatever okay and i said can i get it bruised and bruised means shaken so hard that it bruises the ice so that you get like ice chips little ice chips Ooh, in your martini yeah. i like my martini to be so cold like that it's fun it, yeah it, it's comforting to me um, and she was like, oh, oh, we would never bruise our martinis here. I was like, why not? She's like, because bruising, it like ruins the essential oils from the gin. And I was like, 
I'll let her have it. <laughs> I'll let her have it. I was like, all right, you know what? Make it the way you want to make it. So I don't know, man. It, it's kind of like that thing of like, when you know that you know, like, is it really that big of a deal? Like, can you just, you're not going to bruise someone's martini? Look, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying with this. I guess, I guess I'm saying it I think doesn't that, matter as much yeah. when, when I guess when you know what's right and what's wrong. I did get into a fight this year though. It's a year in review. I did get into one fight where fucking guy, I was at a restaurant in Long Island with my parents and I wanted to get a Riesling. Oh, I remember this. And yes. yes. And the guy was like, and the guy brings the Riesling and it's super sweet. And he's like, and I was like, I'm sorry, man. Can I get a Sauvignon Blanc instead? Uh, This Riesling is super sweet. And he he goes, Riesling is sweet. I'm like, no. Well, this one's really sweet. He's like, yeah, all Riesling is sweet. I was like, Actually, not all Riesling is sweet. Like, all Riesling is sweet. I was like, well, no, because uh, Riesling comes from the Mosul region in Germany, predominantly. And in the Mosul, you have a lot of shale rock, which adds a lot of minerality. And in fact, (laughs) the majority of Rieslings being made now are not sweet. The majority of them are super mineral driven. And their sweet Rieslings are kind of a vestige of bad winemaking. So can I please have a Sauvignon Blanc? Oh, okay. Next thing that I would duel with someone over. Okay. I'm kind of over them. I'm over them. Crudos. Crudos. The Hamachi Crudo. The Hamachi Crudo. That's just fucking everywhere. (laughs) Crudo. Crudo. Every restaurant has a Crudo. Okay. Restaurants that have no business having Crudos are having Crudos. You can go to a fucking Nigerian restaurant. They'll be having Crudo. (laughs) Everyone's got a fucking Crudo, man. It's just like... Enough with your crudos. Also, what does sashimi? What okay. does sashimi think about this crudo trend? Tra- sashimi was is the OG crudo. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Now, I don't know the history of crudo. I don't know if crudo. I imagine it's like a. I'm gonna guess it's like a Peruvian thing that they would. It's kind of in between a sashimi I thought it was, and. I thought it was Italian. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe it's. It means nude, I think, in uh, Listen, Italian. Listen, you're just going to get me in more and more trouble in my neighborhood, but that's fine, all right? Um, it's, <sighs> and, and that's cool. So you hate that it's been scaled up and that everybody's got crudo now. Now it's like crudo in these streets. It's almost like yeah. grilled octopus had to walk so that crudo could run. Okay? Remember there was like one grilled octopus in the man? It's like, oh, my gosh. This is amazing. Oh. What a jewel from the sea. I love it. And then some fucker from the crudo lobby made that documentary about, about octopus being smart. The octopus teacher? Are you actually yes. the, the crudo lobby put out that fucking documentary and then suddenly octopus was gone and it was crudo as far as the eyes could see. McDonald's is going to have a fucking crudo menu coming up soon. I'm telling you, man. Okay, I, mean, I, think, I think what it is is, like, you also hate, you, love a, you like when things trend, but if they trend too much and hit a saturation point, that pisses you off. So where is the line? I don't understand the line. I don't understand the line between what makes you happy and what just ignites your anger. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think anything makes me happy, Jordan. No. Oh That's not true, because you so. cried when you had fresh mozzarella. So I, I know you had a ratatouille moment, and I think that's really beautiful. I, I, I know that you love, like, food inspires you. <laughs> the words you use surrounding food 
are amazing. They're so dramatic and beautiful. You talk about culinary revolutions. You talk about like, you know, I mean, I like they're storming the Bastille or some shit. Like, <laughs> and that's, that's, I love that. I love that. Uh, but I do love to see your passion. It is crazy. And you know, I love etymology passion. You know, you have a passion for food, but do you know what passion means in, in ancient Greek? No, it means suffering. So really our passions are, are, are a bit of suffering as well. I think mm. I want to ask you one other thing. I feel like I'm taking Please. over this interview. All right. So no, this is, by the way, it's not an interview. This is just you and me I know. are having a, a tete-a-tete. We're having yeah. a, Ooh. Uh, you know? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, the French yeah. of it all. The French of it all. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I think um, I've noticed lately in restaurants, the menus, as far as like dessert is concerned, they're down to one dessert. Have you noticed that? Mm. Yeah, definitely paring down of the dessert menu. What's that? How do we feel about that? I think I hate it. I think I hate it. I would like more choices. Like, fuck you. Also, like, what if I don't want a granita? What if I'm not in a fucking granita mood? Yeah. Fuck you. And- Over the course of this interview, you have physically become Oscar the Grouch. You have- <laughs> <laughs> I think I've said the F word more than I ever have in any episode in this one. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. I have never seen it reduced to one item. That's, that's, that's one item. That's dude. ballsy. What was the one item? Oh, well, it was like a chessboard pie. But mm-hmm. it was from 4 and 20 Blackbirds, which is a very popular pie place here in Brooklyn. And what is it called? Sorry. 4 and 20 Blackbirds. 4 and 20 Blackbirds. I That's once a, saw Paul Dano eating a pie in there. So. <laughs> Wait, so it's a pie place that has one pie on the menu? I don't understand. No, it's like, in, it, it, I mean, I'm sure it's true in L.A., Chicago, major cities. It's like you get the dessert from the bakery and then you can claim that. They're like, well, you know, the pie here comes from such and such a bakery. Oh, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. And that's like a okay. really big deal. That's a really big okay. deal. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. The, another thing that I hated was uh, Instagram cookware. You know, the hip Instagram that? cookware that what's you're seeing. What's wrong with that? Like, oh, it has a spoon that's integrated into the frying pan. Go fuck yourself. What is wrong um, with that? I, I, please, I bought that. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay one wish here's here's a here's here's a wish here's a wish for me in the coming year yes i'm hoping that harissa has a moment i think harissa is one of the most delicious hot sauces it is a moroccan hot sauce Mm -hmm. it is uh made with i don't know what the names of the chilies are but it's got paprika it's got a lot of like oriental spices that are really delicious. And yeah. I think like why I want that in a squeeze bottle, like Sriracha, I want it to be easy. like, no, like they have them in like weird, weird toothpastey things yes. or whatever. But like, yeah. I'm saying I want like, I yeah. want like the big companies to make a Sriracha or to make a Harissa. I want to see it on every counter. I love Harissa. <laughs> I think I, nine times out of 10, I would reach for Harissa over Sriracha. Um, and it's just not easily accessible. You want like a Heinz or a Hormel Harissa. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> I do. And also, I mean, the Harissa and the toothpaste is like super duper concentrated. Water it down a little, make it into like a little mm. bit of a, you know, like, like the consistency of a sriracha. And yeah, man, I think Harissa can really have a moment. I think people are culturally ready for it. I think they're hot saucy ready for it. Hot sauce mm-hmm. is, is nuts, as it should be. Um, and I don't know. That's my wish. I really like Harissa as well. I think some of the, like, 
I, um, my office is right next to Sahadi's, which is a cultural institution here in New York City. Sahadi's is like, it's a specialty uh, Middle Eastern store, and it's been around for nearly 50, 60 years now. It's, it's fantastic. Multi-generational, mm-hmm. great shop. Now, the harissa there, they make fresh. Mm-hmm. You get it in a quarter, t- quarter pound tub, you get it in a half pound tub, whatever you want. You know? Mm-hmm. It cool. will, yeah. It is what I have noticed. If we're talking about heat index, you know, it's nuclear. Yeah, it's it's definitely a radioactive isotope. I'm not quite Mm. sure where it is on the periodic table, but it (laughs) burns. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely a Nicolas Cage movie about him having to like remove the harissa without it exploding, (laughs) (laughs) or like dispatching of a villain or a goon by throwing them into a vat of harissa. Uh, yeah, man, water it down a little, make it more accessible. I think it, it could really do well. What's your what's your wish? Ooh, my wish. I feel as though people need to learn how to make a motherfucking omelet. Mm. Mm. You learn to, you learn to make an omelet, you can save yourself. I'm not downing brunch. I love brunch, but you can save yourself at least a hundred dollars a weekend. <laughs> like yeah, like yeah. I learned how to make an omelet, and I was like, that's it. That's all there is to it. I want to see that TikTok video that teaches kids how to use, how to make omelets and like, cause it's, it's definitely a weapon and not a mm. weapon, but it's like, it's one of those skills from your grab bag. I feel like with such you. a grown up knowing how to make that and making it for my wife for lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Put- so you want omelets to have a moment. I'm with you. Almost are great. And guess what? If you don't want to go to the TikToks for the video, Jacques Pepin has the <laughs> best omelet video ever made it's a new york times video of jack oh. pepin making an omelet please make it the first thing you watch from when we get off here jordan because it is probably my favorite food video ever made jordan carlos i love you so oh, much more than words can say i love you more than uni i love you uh more than charcuterie boards i love you more than burrito tacos i love you more than beef tartare barbecue <laughs> I love you so much. Uh, tell the people where they can find you. They can find me at Jordan Carlos on Twitter. Uh, the realer Jordan Carlos on Instagram. JordanCarlosComic.com. Any old time. And please uh, join me on the 24th with my uh, co from Go, Michelle Biteau, as we uh, do adulting live uh, at the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. Check your local listings. Just Google it. Look for both of us. We will be there. I love you too, Dan. And I love you more than barbecue made by an old black man. Um who's dealing with type 2 diabetes, the kind that you earn. Oh, you are the insulin to, <laughs> <laughs> to my... Shut okay. the fuck up! I think, I think we're done. We love, I love you. you, Jordan. Love you, love All you. Right. Take care. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.